I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're The Editing Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Editing Podcast. So in this one, we're going to talk about how to manage your editorial business life when your schedule feels just a little bit too hectic. Ah! Yep, Yep, and we've all been there. It feels like there's way too much going on. Invoices to be paid or sent, projects to be completed, business development commitments to be managed. And that's on top of the life you have outside of your business. You mean you have a life outside of your business? <laughs> I hope that's you do. How, that's sometimes how it how, how it feels, it though, feels, isn't it? When, it when absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. So what we thought we'd do in this episode is to share some of the approaches that we've used to tackle situations when we feel like we're spinning just a few too many plates and things are starting to feel a little bit out of control. Yeah. So a good starting point is to think about whether the problem is short term or long term. And the reason for that is because some fixes like delaying projects only shift the problem further down the line. And that doesn't help us if the problem is perpetual. It definitely doesn't. Yeah. So the question to ask there is, are you always too busy or is this a one off or is it something that's short term? But it happens periodically. Perhaps there are always certain times of the year when you notice a big upswing in the demands on your time, either personally or professionally. That's right. And once you've worked out the extent or duration of the problem, then you can begin to work out what the solutions might be. So let's take a look at short term problems, Denise, because um particularly ones that are either one-offs or that happen infrequently but are still predictable because they happen periodically. Yeah, yeah. So a good first step is to identify what absolutely must get done. Yeah, must, must, must. Must, must, must. Now, it's so easy when your business life feels really hectic to not be able to see the wood for the trees. And, And you can end up focusing on things that can wait and that you decide to do other things because they're easy to do now. Yeah. But the risk with that is that they don't really solve the problem because they're not actually your priorities in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So your to-do list might include things that are important, but they're not business critical or must do. Mm. An example might be updating your website or sending out your monthly newsletter. Those are things that need attending to, um, but your business won't be at risk if you delay them. Exactly. All you're doing is being busy without actually making progress. Yeah. Whereas activities that might fall into the must-do category are projects with non-negotiable client deadlines and sending out or chasing payment of invoices. Now, invoice work might seem like something that can be put on hold, but it shouldn't be because getting paid is how we put food on the table (laughs) and pay for the roof over our heads. So it absolutely does need to be given priority. Yeah, I so agree with that. And I totally understand why, you know, I've even done it myself. Sometimes I think, oh, I'll just, I'll I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. And actually that is a quick win, but it is also, it's an acceptable, um, definable must do. Absolutely. Yeah, because the other thing to remember is if you're working for um, a publisher, or a big organisation, if you don't get your invoice in time, you miss that payroll deadline. And that's another month that you're not getting paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. You know, so that's worth bearing in mind too. And um, from the point of view of meeting client deadlines, um, if you fail to do that, that can bring reputational risk with it. And that Mm. could impact on future bookings because, and this is especially the case with clients you don't have an existing relationship with, 
the person could end up losing confidence in you because you fail to deliver on a promise. That is so true. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that moving a project's completion date isn't an option, it, because it absolutely is. If you've got a strong, defensible reason for asking for it and you have space in your schedule that makes it doable without creating additional problems for you further down the line, then that is a good option for a short term fix. Yeah. All we'd say is don't leave it until the 11th hour, if at all possible. Give Mm. the client as much notice as you can so that they can find a replacement if they can't bend on the date. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really good damage limitation practice. And added to that is also keep the delay as short as possible. Asking a client to give you an extra week is one thing. Asking them to give you an extra two months is something entirely different. Yeah. And again, your relationship with the client will go some way to determining how much leeway you can ask for. You might have an indie author client you've been working with for years whose schedule is fairly relaxed and they'll be happy to accept a chunkier two month shift or something in the yes. schedule. But yeah. <laughs> if your client's a publisher and they need an edited journal article you promised ready to go to press in two weeks time, you might be able to negotiate an extension that's only a few days. Yeah. And bear in mind, too, that the thing about short term, t- short term over busyness is that sometimes you just have to suck it up. And work Mm. evenings and weekends to get back on track. It's short term pain, but you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And just then you can just reassure yourself that this isn't a case of business as usual. It's just unfortunate right now. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's just things outside of your control with shifting schedules, especially if you work with, you know, several different clients at once. Yeah, yeah. So the key to managing this kind of situation in a way that means it doesn't turn into panic is to break it down into steps for how you're going to rectify it. So to go right back to where we started, make a list of what absolutely must be done and what can wait. Yeah, and then take action. Work out what a realistic extension is, who you need to contact, when you're going to slot in any additional work outside your normal office hours, and what the new deadlines are for each task. Yeah, and it can really help to have this in a document, a spreadsheet or on a paper checklist so that you can track what's going on and then tick off those must-do activities as soon as they're complete. And that certainly, for me, I find that so helpful because it's all in my head and everything's whirling around in my head that's not getting done. And and it makes it feel so much worse when you've not got it down on paper. And what I found really useful is um, when I write it all down, because I've got good toggle records, I know roughly how long it takes me to proofread a unit of a student's book, for example. So I can actually break it all down and see how many units I could do in that day and, or how many pages mm. of a journal article I could do in this day. And and that really helps me to bring a sense of order to it, where yeah. previously it just feels like there's too much to be done and I can't do it reduces it down to there's a lot to be done but it's doable and if it's not doable these are the things that I have to go back and renegotiate and it it just makes it much clearer um, rather than thinking it's a hopeless case and I'm going to have to trash everything that's never (laughs) never been the case such a good point though just trying to to make order out of disorder yeah I mean, every problem is always, it's like that. I know we've talked about this before, but it's like that book by Richard Dawkins, Timing Mountain Probable. It's quite mm-hmm. hard to imagine like how a, a load of jelly turned into a human being with an eye over yeah. <laughs> millions of years. But yeah, if you break it down into steps, then you, you can start to sort of go, 
okay, I can get my head around that. And I think yeah. that's it's not a million miles away from us when the panic and the and the overwhelm that, that mm-hmm. comes out of this kind of stuff is about is it's psychological. It's not that you can't fix these things. It's not that there aren't solutions, but it's about getting into a position where you can see what those solutions look like. Absolutely. And whether yeah. they're realistic or whether they need tweaking. So then and most most people, most clients are happy, I think, to work with us on problems. Yeah, if they, if they believe that we've got the confidence to offer solutions, but whereas if you just go, <laughs> so here's, so I'll I'll give you a little anecdote that happened to me oh. last week. I have a lot going on in my client schedule at the moment. There's a lot of overlapping, which oh. is just it's just the nature of the work I do. There's a lot of overlapping elements and units and stuff from a single client that's going on and that's fine and it was all given to me in a beautiful spreadsheet and I transferred it all into my um my own schedule with my start and end dates and whatever and it's all going swimmingly and then two weeks ago I had an an email saying from the project manager saying Denise I'm just checking um whether or not you've got any queries for me on this particular um book because um, I've got a note in my diary that you need the queries, that the queries are coming to me today. And I thought, today? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And I went back and I looked at my schedule. No, my schedule said that I had another week. So I went back to their spreadsheet and I had made an error. I had made an error when I was transferring the information from oh, their spreadsheet no. into my schedule. And I was a week off. So I was nowhere near being read. <laughs> to query this and basically there was two days of two days allowed for queries and then it was going back to the typesetter for the next proof to be produced and I looked at it you know apart from the first initial panic it was like bloody hell you know I don't know how how quickly can I do this and so that's exactly what I did I sat down and I looked at what had to be done and how quickly I could reasonably do it and I got back to them and I was just honest with them and I didn't try and fudge it. And I said, look, I've made a mistake when I was transferring this information. I had the wrong end date. Could you give me an extra X number of days to do this? Because I know I can do it in that that amount of time. Would this impact on their on your schedule? And I sent it away and I thought, if they say no, I need to work over this weekend, but I know I can do it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that, that so you so had I, a plan B I as had well. A plan That's B. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If they said no to it, I knew I could still do it. Um, basically over the weekend and she got back to me and she said these things happen don't worry we've built in quite a lot of wiggle room at the end of the schedule Ah. I could have kissed her (laughs) for being able to build that in at that end because not everybody either not every project manager does that or is able to do that depending on print deadlines and things Mm. like that so by being upfront and honest with her I was able to take extra time without she said to me don't work over your weekend yeah because I'd said to her I will do that if necessary she said don't work over your weekend start on Monday and we'll um take a few extra days and it'll be absolutely fine so that is such a good example of Mm -hmm. how because you went with first of all you I noticed that you owned the error and um, yeah and so that's 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 the honesty that 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 kind of set the tone but then you came with a solution and Mm -hmm. so you're not just going what do we do? What do we do? You're actually acting like a professional. And and so that's 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 a really great example of how, you know, p- people are forgiving when yeah. when you can um 
when you can behave professionally about it, so own the mistake and then work with that person to to find a solution. Yes. Whereas if you're just all about defensiveness and, and throwing the problem back at them, then that's not going to instill professional confidence in that person. Exactly. And, and I think it is worth saying that this is, uh, um, it's the first time I've worked with this particular project manager but the develop the other editor that I'm working with I know very well and we have a and we've got a very nice working relationship but I still think I would have been comfortable doing that if it was my first outing with a publisher because as you said I was offering a solution and I was not trying to fudge it and I think I think early on in my career I would have thought god can I actually tell them that I've made a mistake here yeah you know I, I don't want to look unprofessional but actually it's it's more professional to just like you say just own it and say look I'm really sorry I've made this error this is why but look here because making mistakes is a very human thing to do and we're dealing with with human beings and so if you if you if you you know act like a professional human and chances are you'll um yeah you'll you know you'll you'll get a response that 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 you know they you'll find a way through it yeah. And it's not in the client's interests, in, in particularly when you're dealing with publishers and packages who are on deadlines. It's not mm. in their interests to have to sort of get a new person in Absolutely. at short notice. Absolutely. Yeah, so, that's just a nightmare. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, they'd much rather stick with somebody that they know, that they know is doing a good job for them. And yeah, so she's she's cocked up oh, on I'm this. So, but, you know, so glad that worked out for you happens yeah I was I was so relieved and it and it's all fine touch wood I'm still touching because the project's project's still ongoing but we're, we're okay we're on schedule again yeah. anyway that was a minor diversion oh, yeah but it's good to have little little case studies of, of yeah real life just to, to show how it how it how it works well I'll, yeah. I'll throw my one in then um okay so just Two weeks, two months before Christmas, I was okay. Two months before I was trying to move house, as you know, Denise. And, I do. Um, uh, it was uh, all sorts of mess up with it, but it basically meant my office was packed up, and I was trying to negotiate a whole ton of things. And then we ended up moving really suddenly and into a house where I had no internet connection for several weeks. I mean, I and I have I did try to edit by using a hotspot on my phone, but but that it was, was... traumatic. <laughs> It, it, it was kind of yeah not not mm-hmm. great but I I got in touch with a client and again fortunately I'd worked with him before but also it just so happened that this project was um one of it was one of his backlist books which he'd it, I think it was the first novel he'd written and after he'd seen what I'd done with a more recent one he said oh I'd love you to go back and just like you know sort out that one that my my first foray into to to thriller writing because I, mm-hmm. I know that I've it's massively over overwritten. I just want you to work your magic on it. So I said, uh, yeah, that was fine. So when all this 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 unexpected um uh disruption to my schedule happened, I, I had to go back to him and, and I and I asked him if I could have a two month extension. And I said to him, look, if it's not doable, I'll work over Christmas for you. And I'll go around to a friend's house. I'll find an internet connection that works somehow, some way. But if you'd consider it, that would be amazing. And he came back and he said, oh, that sounds like a nightmare. I couldn't bear to be, I I can't imagine um, moving house is stressful enough, never mind moving house and finding you've got no broadband in place. So, um, 
uh, he said, look, it's it's about this book. There's um, I've waited for four years. I can wait another two months. And so, oh. again, it was it was because I was I did what you did in, in a way. You know, I, I said, like, I'll, I'll find a way to make this work. Mm-hmm. If this can't happen for you because he saw that I was willing. And because of this particular project, it wasn't there wasn't a, a looming deadline like he had got some. I think it would have been very different, for example, if he had some big launch party planned for it. That would, you know, we'd, I'd have had, I'd, I'd have had to, we'd have had to go to my plan B. But yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's just another good example of how sometimes the worst thing doesn't happen. Exactly, and I think it's it's so true what you said. It's showing willingness to find a solution with them. You're not just dumping a problem at their feet and saying, yeah. "I can't do this." what now (laughs) you know you're you're saying here's an issue I think I've got a solution does that work for you yeah and and then we're lucky that in both these particular cases there were solutions and they were happy with them but we have to accept that that doesn't always happen um and sometimes you know a a, a mutual solution can't be found and you have to kind of part ways yeah yeah so how about hectic periods that are short term, but that crop up at regular periods throughout the year? So if you sense there's a pattern, it's worth making some time to think about adjusting your schedule on a permanent basis to account for this. Yeah. So maybe you find that you're often working evenings during school holidays or at a time of year when a family member often calls on you for emotional or some other kind of support. Yeah. And now if you don't mind doing evening and weekend editing work, and for some it can have benefits because Mm. it gives them something else to think about and focus on. And that's great. But if you always end up feeling like you're juggling too many balls and you feel stressed or anxious, think about whether you're in a position to keep your schedule clear during those periods. Yeah. And that's an economic decision that only you could make. Mm. But what we'd say is that every freelancer editor's definition of fully booked is different. Because full doesn't mean packing work into every available hour and never saying no. So if you can afford to take off one day a week or one week a month or 20 weeks a year so that you have time for other things, whatever works for you, that's your choice. Yeah. And we know that for those of you who are at the start of building your businesses, it can feel difficult to turn down an opportunity. We both did a lot of inconvenient hours <laughs> at the start of our careers, didn't we? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. But the key is to do so in a way that's healthy and means you're not so tired that you can't deliver great quality work. Yeah. And that's the key thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the long term situation. How about if you're spinning plates all the time and you never seem to have enough hours in the day? So one thing that we both think is a really valuable exercise is to brainstorm some solutions with a friend. Yeah, two minds (laughs) and fresh eyes on a problem never hurt anyone. Yeah. Pal might think of a solution you've missed because you're too busy feeling like you're too busy. And Denise, I I know, you know, you and I have done this with each other frequently. I mean, sometimes Mm. that you spend 10 minutes on Zoom just saying, can you help me think, think, think through this thing yeah even that in itself sometimes is a way of starting to do that thing we talked about earlier about making order out of disorder just articulating it for somebody else to understand it can bring you insights that you wouldn't get just letting it all swirl around your head Yeah. yeah 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 so when the problem's long term Um, Getting extensions on projects isn't really a solution because all you're doing is shifting the issue into an already cluttered space. 
Instead, the first thing that you might consider is whether you can introduce efficiencies. Yeah, so are you carrying out editing work as productively as you could be? Are you using templates and macros to support that work and save yourself time on important but technical tasks? Yeah, and are you using apps to help you with invoicing and accounting or time management? And is there work that you do as part of your business that could be outsourced? Maybe you'll decide it makes economic sense to have a virtual assistant to update your website or manage your social media marketing or design and format marketing resources that you've created. Yeah, now outsourcing is rarely free, but if the person you're hiring can do the work you need doing at least twice as fast, you might decide it makes sense. After all, your time has a cost to it too. And mm -hmm. the average hourly rate you earn from clients is a, is a good first metric at least. And you shouldn't ignore the price you pay emotionally for feeling overwhelmed either. Oh, definitely a lot. And I think that's something that we often overlook. Yeah. But yeah. you also might want to think about adjusting your schedule on a bigger scale. Yeah. So, for example, if you're allotting three weeks for every line or copy edit that you take on, maybe that needs to be extended to four weeks more generally. Yeah, that kind of comes back to what you were saying about that client you were working with recently, mm -hmm. where she'd actually built in some some wiggle room into yeah. the schedule. Um, yeah, and that's exactly what we're talking about us doing here, mm. aren't we? Yeah, mm. yeah. And and that way, you might find you've always got a little time in the bag that you can use to compensate for emergencies, project manager delays, and other eventualities that you didn't see coming. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that we haven't touched on yet is the option of cancelling editing work. And we should, because although this can seem like a drastic solution, there will be times in life when it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I think, I think we're all going to face that situation when for no fault of our own, no amount of juggling or being more efficient or outsourcing is going to solve the problem. It's rare, but it does happen. Mm, yeah, it, it, it happened to me last year for the first time in a long time that I had to yeah, yeah, leave a project midway. And for us, the same rules apply as we talked about in relation to asking for an extension. You give the client as much notice as you can. You give them a robust reason for why you've made this decision and you help them source alternative editorial support if they need you to. So when we say robust, we mean that you should be honest, but keep the tone businesslike. Unless your clients have become friends, they don't need to be burdened with your woes. Instead, <laughs> apologise, explain the situation, request their understanding, make it clear that your decision is in their best interests and offer them solutions, either by sourcing a colleague who can take on the work or pointing them in the direction of trusted sources of, of, of available editors. Yeah, yeah. All good, solid advice here from Louise. <laughs> so, you're so wise. <laughs> what would we do without you? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That sounds so sarcastic. I know you didn't mean it. I didn't mean I, it to I be that way. I, <laughs> I was just, I actually was just, I was just listening to it and I was nodding along because I was thinking, yep, that was, I had to do that last year. That's yeah. why video mm -hmm. sometimes works better than audio. Yeah. I just, because you couldn't see the expression on my face. Dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, dear. Anyway. Well, we hope these ideas have helped you think about how to manage things when there's just too much going on. And I hope you can see that there's no one size fits all solution to being too busy. But approaching the issue in a structured way can certainly help us to make good decisions about how to move into calmer waters. 
Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening again. If you'd like to help support the editing podcast, you can join our Patreon community for only £3 a month. Yeah, we'd love to have you on board. So if you're interested, hop over to patreon.com forward slash editing podcast. All our patrons get exclusive access to a huge batch of transcripts and we'll pop a link in the show notes just for you. In the meantime, she's been Louise. And she's been a very sarcastic Denise. (laughs) Join us again next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I love you really. (laughs) But do you? Do I? Mm. You can't see my face, can you? (laughs) 